0: Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Aaron Advantage. As many of you know, uh, helping agents grow their business and training them on utilizing video and social media and other things is something that I am super passionate about, I love speaking on this topic and I love helping other people learn to do what I love to do. Uh, Not only have I been blessed to be able to speak about this personally, but I also got to uh, be invited on a panel to speak at Las Vegas uh, at the Howard Hanna Con earlier this year. Two of those panelists uh, that I met uh, really stuck out to me as people I wanted to get to know more and do more uh, speaking engagements with and things of that nature. So Harveer Singh and Molly Finley, two of the Howard Hanna agents that were on that panel with me, uh, joined me to do a quick build your business session for FC Tucker MD Realtors here in the Evansville, Indiana market. This video is that conversation that we had. It was so good. I felt like we had to share it and get it out there for people to see some of this information. For anybody who's thinking about starting their social media presence, watch this video and find out what you can do to grow your presence online. Hope you enjoy. Right. Well, it looks like it's 10.04, our normal start time, our four minutes of extra realtor time to get involved and get started on things. Uh, I am extremely excited to introduce everybody today to Javier Singh and Molly Finley. Uh, these are two of the Howard Hanna agents that I was uh, on a panel with in Las Vegas. Uh, Harveer is in New York and New Jersey, uh, actually in Jersey City is where he is located, but licensed in both New York and New Jersey, uh, selling real estate there. He's been building uh, his own personal business of acquiring, building, and managing real estate since about 2006. Molly Finley is over in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and she is one of the top agents in that city and has grown a huge following on social media, has been a national speaker for Inman Connect in uh, New York City uh, and for Riz Media uh, in the National Association of Realtors Virtual Convention. So she is also a highly uh, sought after individual for information specifically on what we're gonna talk about today, which is driving engagement through social media. Before we get into that, though, uh, Harvey, uh, why don't you kick it off? Give us a little bit of your background and uh, how long you've been using social media. And then we'll get into kind of strategies and ideas on things at that point.
1: Okay, cool, cool. Um, Awesome to be with you guys today. I love connecting with the agents um, in different regions of the country. So uh, thank you for getting me on here. Uh, so I started in you know on social media like long ago, right? Just like probably most of us did, maybe in high school, uh, college time when we got Facebook and we had to log in with our uh, college emails. Um, but yeah, so started over there. But when it came to real estate, I actually you know had always thought that you know social media would play a much bigger role in you know real estate in general. So in 2020, when the quarantine hit and like, I was like, how can I get myself out there? Like in, in more ways, I really pushed hard on my social media. So I kind of like during that quarantine where we couldn't even show houses, that was like my full-time job it was like creating all these silly videos, informative videos. Um, I use comedy in my social media, which seemed to work for me, but that's not what everyone has to do. It's kind of what matches your personality. So I, I did that and, and I kind of figure out a strategy that allowed me to gain followers in my local area that anyone could actually do. And I'll probably talk more upon that a little bit later, but it was, it was a, it was a great way for me to grow my account I'm around like 6,200 followers at this time. And most of them are in Jersey city. So it it was really helpful in the way that I grew my business about like 35% of my social media following in I don't know, my 35% of my business last year was purely from social media that I could uh, allocate. So awesome. that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of that.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. How about you, Molly? Why don't you give us a little bit of background on uh, your social media and how you started implementing that w- with your business?
2: Yes, and I wanna say thank you for getting the gang back together from our Vegas panel. Very excited. Um, so my college was also one of the first schools to get, the, uh, to get Facebook when you needed the EDU address. So I have been on Facebook and social media since the beginning and I've always had so much fun with it. When I started real estate in 08, um, I wanted to use, I realized you could use Facebook cause Instagram and all that wasn't around then, but you could use it to, it's free and you could use it to connect with people that really know you. And you don't have to convince them to get to know you. They already know you. And what I did was I created myself to be my own brand. So I never made a professional page. I've always kept it just my profile, but it's me. They get to go meet, get to know me, the real estate, me, the dog, you know, the puppy I have, everybody knows about her, That I like Peloton. So what I wanted to do was I needed to find a Free way because I did not have any money after college to market myself and really build this real estate career. And I was able to use social media and I still continue to use it. Um, I would say, gosh, so much of my business, the connections begin on social media. A lot of with people I knew, you know, 20 some years ago in elementary school that are reconnecting because they know me. And when they see my name and my face, they think of me as the go-to for real estate. So I am, I try to be funny a little bit, but I think it's about just being yourself. And if they like you, they'll want to work with you. You don't want to pretend to be somebody else because the cool thing is every single personality works. So just be you.
0: All right. That's great. And I think uh, Molly, you just said something that's super important. I think that we really need to discuss, which is make sure that you're being yourself on social media Mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of showing people who you are and what your personality is. So I'm gonna start with you, Molly, and say, what do you think is the number one thing that holds people back from A, utilizing social media to get their kind of presence out there and B, what keeps them from just showing who they are and how can they
2: overcome that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of worry that what you put out there has to be perfect. And if you don't have it perfect, then you just don't do it. So for me, what I did, I was like, just dive in. Nobody's going to know that you feel silly and you think your voice sounds funny and what's your face doing. Nobody else thinks that you're overthinking yourself. So I would say just dive in, give it a shot and see what happens. And most likely nobody's going to message you and say, gosh, you look so silly. They're going to love it. So I think You have to be yourself. For me, I'm a very like shy, quiet personality. If we're in a big room, I'm going to listen and not really talk. But with social media, it's just you and your phone. So you can really be yourself. And I think just getting over the fear of people not liking you or, you know, just not think what you're doing is cool, then you're fine. You just have to pull the trigger and do it. Just give it a shot.
0: Yeah. One of the things I always tell people is, you know, I can't even watch my own videos because I don't like the way I look or the way I sound, but I put out stuff all the time. So Mm -hmm. the big thing is, remember, we already see you and we already hear you. It doesn't matter if it's on video or in person. We all know what you look like. Right.
2: Yeah. And I took a break from social media. A little bit ago. And when I came back and I had to talk to my phone, I was like, this is so weird. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) So I, I understood what it's like to feel fresh and just give it a try again.
0: Sounds good. Now, Harvey, I'm going to go back to your comedy and stuff. You know, what does comedy have to do with real estate, which is something that everybody's probably thinking, like, how can you use comedy in your advertising and marketing online? How did you kind of realize, hey, this is what works for me, and I'm going to start implementing this, which is completely outside the box of what most people are doing for real estate purposes?
1: So I thought that kind of doing posts like the traditional way or what I usually see um, was getting very repetitive, which was people posting photos of their, you know, their homes, their listings, their open houses. And in reality, the following that you have isn't really like the chances of having somebody that's on your social feed that is looking for that house versus the amount of people that are not looking for that house is, is, is astronomical. So what I was, I, I wanted to put more video of myself out there explaining. Cause again, like, you know, Molly mentioned like a brand, right. We're trying to build a brand and the brand is us. Right. So that's why, uh, you know, that's kind of how I was doing is that we would uh, use comedy. Right. So I'm, I just make silly jokes all the time. Everyone knows I make stupid jokes. Um, they're silly and people love it. Right. So I kind of uh, use that to, to incorporate that into videos and also explaining things about about realtor that people may not know right silly tiny things that that you know it just usually for us it seems like it's just common knowledge but it usually isn't and what I say to people who are trying to do uh, videos like that is to go find and there are other realtors that are doing that more successfully than you are to give you ideas of how you can do it right and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Another realtor. You could just go see what people are doing for skits and see if you could kind of spin it into a real estate perspective. So that's kind of how I did that. And and again, though, like like Molly said, it doesn't like you don't have to be the comedy person, right? You could be another person. And and to touch back on what you both were saying is that I think that one of the biggest problems that we have as realtors is that we're way way too scared to show our faces on our social media. It's, it's silly um, because like you said, everyone basically sees you. Everyone knows exactly what you look like. Uh, but, you know, the idea is that like, and, and you guys heard me say this at the panel, so I'm just going to repeat myself here. But um, everybody has like their own uniqueness. Um, everyone has their little imperfections. Uh, nobody cares about that except for you. And you're sitting in that seat and being the hardest person on yourself, but nobody else cares, right? So what you have to do is just put yourself out there and, and by putting yourself out there with video and photos on your social feeds, it's going to allow more people to, you know, get to know you, you are your brand and people want to work with you because they want to see you, right. They want to work with you, Harveer, you know, Molly, you know, all these people here. <laughs> so you guys need to just get more comfortable with doing that. And I'm hoping that today, after this, you guys take selfies and throw it on your Instagram or Facebook.
0: That's awesome. Harvey. Now you actually said something that I think is super important that is glossed over by most people who are talking about utilizing social media, which is how the hell do I come up with something to talk about? And it doesn't necessarily have to be this profound thing. That is something that you're the only person who's ever said it. You can find somebody else who said it and reframe it in a way that you can do it. And you can look at other people who are talking about stuff that may not have to do specific not be specifically related to real estate, but see how you can flip that into something. So um, a lot of the content creation that I do is more content curation. Would that be something that you're probably doing a lot with your social media presence as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you, basically, yeah. I mean, we're that's how you kind of do it. You're just kind of getting different ideas or creating them and yeah, basically.
0: No. How about you, Molly? Would you say that that's something that you probably implement in your social media presence as well?
2: Yeah, I would say, especially if you're just starting out, don't try to be the creator. Follow somebody and use inspo. We're all using inspo from other people. I follow a lot of people that are like health, fitness, and beauty. And I see what I like to look at. And then I take that and I I change it to fit the real estate mold. So I'm not crafting these things on my own with these ideas for the most part. So don't feel like you have to be original. Just see somebody else that you enjoy following and then make it your own and add the real estate spin on it. So yeah, I would say definitely uh, the content creation is a lot of inspo from others.
0: Perfect. Okay, so let's get more specific into platforms and go ahead and say, first off, what all platforms are you utilizing? And then dive specifically into the one that you think is most effective for your communication and your brand building. So Molly, how about you? Where where can we find you online?
2: Yeah, I'm mainly Facebook and Instagram. Um, Pretty much everything that I put on one, I put on the other. Um, I like Facebook and Instagram the most, so I spend the most time on it. I also want to enjoy what I'm doing. So, um, Facebook and Instagram are the most, I get a lot of messages on both of them and a lot of interaction. And I know that I'm always in front of people on both of them because I'll see people out and they're like, oh my gosh, how's your, how's your dog? I saw that you just did this. And I'm like, wow, people are actually like watching the stuff that I do. Um, I'm on a couple others that I don't use so much. So I would suggest find what you like to do and then just go hard on that platform.
0: Sounds good. Now, when you're using Facebook and Instagram, what portion of those systems are you using? Because, you know, obviously you have the ability to do just standard posts in the feed. You have stories, you have videos, you can write blog posts, all these different things. Where do you really focus your efforts?
2: I, on Facebook, I'm mainly doing posts. So I will mix up personal posts and also um, real estate stuff. I don't want to be just only real estate because I think people may not want to see that all of the time. And they can't get to know me that way. Um, I do a lot of videos. So I'm on stories on both Facebook and Instagram. I think stories are what I like most, because you can just zip through them really quickly. And people can stay with you throughout the day and just see what you're up to. So I think stories right now are most effective. Um, I am trying to take inspo from Hervier on getting into the reels and doing better with that. And then I copy my reels um, to Facebook. So really anything I do video wise or photo wise, I save from one and and repost it on the other.
0: Sounds good. And that's a perfect segue into Harvira with the reels and the TikToks. Give us a little bit of the information on kind of where all we can find you. Obviously I saw you drop it in the chat uh, and then kind of your primary focus of uh, where you spend your time. So yeah, if you guys are on Instagram,
1: I'd love to connect with you guys. It's real estate saying I threw it into the the chat box, but Yes, Ari, uh, right off the bat, uh, Instagram is by far the uh, platform that I utilize the most. I then do Facebook, and after you spoke with me at the convention, Aaron, I have started to jump back into my YouTube. I didn't realize I had 80 like, subscribers on there, so I'm trying to get to that 100 number so that I could get like a vanity URL. So. Yes, <laughs> Find me on there too, <laughs> um, but yeah. So reels uh, is, is video again. Video in every aspect of social media is going to be beneficial. So even if you send a, an email blast out, you create a video, throw it on YouTube, and put the link in your in your um, you know your email. Right. So the idea is that that's kind of the best touch point that we could give when we're not actually in front of a person, and by creating video. So. That is like the number one rule, um, and we talk about what reels. So I, reels has been a really easy way to edit video. Uh, TikTok started it, and then Instagram just copied it. it. And and if you just do some like video, uh, you know, like tutorials online, it's it's actually really easy to do it, and and anyone can. They made it very very simple. So it's something that everyone should put a little bit of time into and feel free to you know jump on molly and my page and aaron's page to kind of get inspiration from what we're doing and and i'm totally fine if you copy my stuff so it's just you know like it's all good we're all in different markets so it doesn't matter (laughs) so uh yeah that's how i use it and that's what i would do yeah
0: Perfect. Now, Harvey, uh, what would you say is the kind of content that you post that gets the most engagement and how have you turned that into offline conversations? Because ultimately that's what we're trying to do is turn this into relationships that we can end up selling real estate to. So is it, is it your real estate content? Is it your listings or what do you see that's getting more engagement? So
1: right off the bat, I think we've been echoing this quite a bit. It's, it's my post with my face in it and my videos with me in it. Right. So posting properties, this, that, you know, it's filler content is what I would call that. But the the content that I get the most interaction on and Molly kind of touched on it, is stories. Uh, you could incorporate your stories with polls, multiple choice questions, uh, like you can easily make it fun, right? So if you go on your stories on Instagram, there are ways for you. There's like a little little box with a smiley face. You click that. You can put music on it. You can put polls on there. They'll, you just select anything, and you can make it fun, right? So during Christmas time, I was I was doing like stories of like this or that, right? So like which movies I had like the Christmas story versus you know the Christmas vacation, and like people were getting real angry that I was like making them choose between these awesome movies, right? And and everyone started messaging me like, how can you do this? Like how can you make me choose this? And it was just fun, right? So. making, um, you can kind of force people to interact with your page. Um, And and that's helped. And now another, now everyone talks about the algorithm. Nobody really knows how it works. But just a piece of advice that I can give you is by you also interacting with other people's page, it'll help you, right? So if you go and you see uh, your clients post something, make sure you're liking that, make sure you're commenting on that. But not only them, right? Go through your Instagram and your Facebook and realize that there's so many people that you might have just completely forgotten now if you go and look at their page and comment on something all of a sudden your page is going to start popping up on their page more right so if you know somebody's got a three million dollar house start commenting on their page you know because you're going to start popping up on their page a little more than uh than than you would have if you didn't interact with them so definitely interact with people's pages as well because that's going to allow them to feel good right because you know, when we get comments on our page, we get likes on our page, we get all excited. So, you know, they feel the same way. So make sure you're doing that too.
0: Perfect. Molly, same question to you. What what kind of uh, content do you see that is most effective in generating conversations where you can start having some offline calls and building relationships with people?
2: Yeah, I think stories are the best for getting interactions and just doing fun stuff. Like, you know, I went to Starbucks and I, my cup came back and it said Polly, not Molly. And like you just post something and it gets a lot of interaction because it's just so relatable to other people. So you don't have to connect to your, you know, followers, friends via real estate, but you connect on another level. And then the real estate will come with it. Um, and and like what Javier said, it's it's not one sided. When I go and I look at who's looked at my stories, I will go click then go click on. Um, their stories and watch them and then go to their profile because I love getting a comment or a like, but like, you have to remember how that feels when you receive one and then give it back to somebody else to show that you genuinely do, you're you're interested in what they're sharing. So I think you have to be genuine, but you also have to show that you care about these other people. Um, But I think stories are the best to get interactions because then you kind of hook the person and they want to keep following you. And what I've learned is that you want to always be in front of people so that when they do have the real estate need, you're in front of them. Because most of the time, you know, they don't. But think about, you know, I Google shoes. The shoes are always showing on my sidebar. And then when I finally need shoes, I'm like, okay, I'll get them. So you want to apply that like strategy and mindset to real estate as well. And and we're the shield, (laughs) and we want to always be there.
0: So. You, know, you just touched on the word strategy. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that a lot of people do not think about when they're looking at building any kind of online or social presence. What is your specific strategy as far as where to post, how often to post, or is it just kind of as inspiration hits you? How does that look?
2: I think strategy to, to kind of make it simple is you have to be consistent and you have to be authentic. So I think just posting at least I mean, post, you know, once a day, once every other day, but stories a couple times throughout the day, you have to be consistent or you'll just kind of fall to the back and nobody will, will follow. So I think if anything, be consistent, also be yourself and be authentic, post things that you like and you enjoy, because then it will be easier to do and it won't seem like a task. So if you like to garden or you like to, you know, Whatever it is, people will relate to you on that, on that authenticity that you're sharing.
0: Harvey, how about you? What kind of strategy do you utilize? All right. So two
1: things. Um, one thing is going to be how to get people that are not currently following you, following you within a target market. And the other thing is uh, hashtags. So I'm going to start with hashtags. So people don't really understand hashtags um, and I get it. It's, it's a little confusing. So the way I break it down is Instagram and other places like on Facebook, you'd probably use less hashtags, but on Instagram, you're allowed up to 30. So I would usually do 20 to 30 hashtags. There are three levels of hashtags. There's the national hashtags. There's like the regional hashtags. And then there's the hyper local hashtags that I would suggest you guys use. So for me, the local ones will be like Jersey city, downtown Jersey city, uh, Jersey City local, Jersey City eats, Jersey City moms, Jersey City families. So that's going to be the local ones that you can use. Now the regional ones for me would be New Jersey, New Jersey realtor, New Jersey real estate. And then the national ones will be just realtor, real estate. So now by, by use, utilizing the different levels, you'll see like obviously realtor, real estate, there's going to be millions of people using that. And then there you got the New Jersey ones that are going to more, I mean, less than that, but it's still quite a few people. You'll probably get like a million or hundreds of thousands of people following that hashtag. And how hashtags work is anytime somebody uses the hashtag, um, their post goes on that hashtag page, right? So people might just click there and just kind of scroll through if they're interested in New Jersey real estate, right? So by doing that, it'll allow other people that are not currently following you to kind of see your stuff and get you'll get some likes. Um, and also utilize the location feature on your uh, posts. So you know, I usually tag Jersey City down, uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. But by utilizing that location, the same thing happens: is that your posts are put on that location, and people looking in Jersey City are going to scroll through the Jersey City location, and they might find you there. Now. The next part is probably the most important aspect, and probably the reason that I contribute my my following in Jersey City is what I did was I would go into the search bar on Instagram, type in Jersey City, and then go to locations. Once you go to locations, you'll be there'll be top posts and recent posts. So go to the recent posts, and you'll see every single person that put a post up in Jersey City recently. So then I would go in there, I'd just start liking all of them, just straight up liking all the posts in there. I mean, obviously be strategic. There's some inappropriate posts. Don't like those. So, but, um, but yeah, by liking all those posts, like out of every hundred likes and trust me, doing a hundred likes takes like two minutes um, out of every hundred likes, I might get one or two followers. Um, and now all of a sudden in Jersey city, like I, people know me because I do that all the time. Right. And like, I'll be walking down the street and people like know who I am because of that. Um, and then that mesh with, you know, my content, it's, it's kind of really benefited. But that's how you would get people that don't currently follow you to follow you. And yes, it may feel a little weird to be liking people's posts that you don't even know, or you don't even follow. But we're trying to get clients that we don't know, right? So that's kind of a way to, for somebody to be like, Oh, who's this person that has never liked any of my stuff? Why are they liking it? They're going to go to your page. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Real estate guy. Oh, cool. Interesting content. Follow. So.
0: That's my strategy. That's a really good strategy. I think what the most important takeaway is uh, from that is really engaging in the social aspect of social media. And I think a lot of us want to utilize our social media platforms as a distribution channel and completely forget about the part of the engagement and the interaction with the other people around us. Um, You know, I'm going to talk specifically about my Facebook page right now, which is more focused on uh, local businesses, food content, things I like to do around the Evansville area, where anytime I post anything, if I'm doing a food review or whatever it is, not only am I tagging the location and the hashtags, but I'm also making sure to tag the business, uh, the name of the actual company where I'm at, the name of the person that I'm with, the person that I'm actually utilizing, uh, at whoever the owner is. Um, And then I use all of that information on my business page. And then I will go to people that I have relationships with and ask them to engage and share that information. So that's getting out there. So kind of like what Harvey is doing where I'm looking at making, making sure I'm getting some recognition in a geographical area based on this business. I'm also making sure to give that business a little bit of a shout out on my uh, posts so that they're getting interaction and they're more likely to be able to share my stuff in the future. Uh, One of the, uh, most recent ones I did, I did a uh, uh, podcast with Second Language, Randy Hobson. He also owns Pangea Kitchen. I've got a ton of engagement and interaction and followers from people that like his page that I've never met before. And it's just specifically from implementing kind of that same thing like Harvier's talking about where I'm making sure and interacting with their stuff so that their audience is seeing me. So that's definitely a great, great strategy to utilize. Next thing I want to talk about obviously, you guys are both using video in your social media. Um, What kind of videos, uh, as far as like listing videos or uh, neighborhood videos, have you done? And what kind of results have you seen from that kind of uh, content that you've created?
1: All right, I'll go first, I guess. Um, So I believe that real estate. Unless it's a very engaging and more of a general topic of real estate, anything to do with your listings, uh, even your listing videos, I, I consider that all to be filler content. So I, I will put stuff in if I don't, if I have it coming, you know, if I have a video that I've created, I'll post it. But it's not like something that I'm going to be heavily relying upon. It's more of the, um, the background, uh, I think, filler content that, that you should be having. Like, you know, Molly was saying post every other day. So, yeah, you know, you should be posting some of your real estate stuff. Uh, But you should be also focusing a lot on your personal stuff. Uh, I want to touch on one thing real quick that is unrelated to your question. So uh, I I appreciate a lot of you guys that have followed me. Now, one thing that I've noticed that was uh, something that I would definitely change is a lot of you guys have private accounts. So nobody can see your posts unless you friend request them. So there is one guy, I'm going to shout him out for doing the right thing, Ken McWilliams, who has a public profile, so good job. Um, but, but everyone else has a private profile. You, you know, we're realtors, and it, it is a little awkward, and you don't really want people looking in on your lives, but that, we're in sales. I mean, people need to be able to access us and find us very easily. And by having a private account, that, you know, doesn't happen.
0: Sorry, yeah, that was off topic, but I think it's really important. Yeah, I, that was another question I was going to ask. So you just beat me to it. So sounds <laughs> <good>. <laughs> all right, Molly, back uh, to, the, to the question, utilizing uh, videos for like real estate purposes and stuff. How have you uh, implemented that into your business?
2: Yeah, I, um, I'll um i do reels for like quick house tours because it kind of zips you through. It's the fun music and it makes our sellers happy when they know you're doing something on social media for their property. Um, I agree, like I don't think the real estate posts are the most popular interactive, but they do, you know, I do hear people say like you post all these pictures of houses and I love looking at them, but I don't think the interaction's there. So again, just mixing it in. So people know that you're a realtor and you are selling real estate, but I do like to do the reels for house tours. I think they're just kind of fun and a quick way to give a virtual tour um, of the house. You know, our attention span is very short, 30 seconds you get the whole house.
0: Yep. Couldn't agree with you more on that. Now I want to ask both of you, what is your budget for the amount of money that you spend for social media advertising or marketing? Yeah.
2: same.
0: Zero sweat equity. and molly brought up a good point um
1: video length uh on social media video length should be like under 30 seconds in my opinion uh people have very very short attention spans. um my video length is i would even say less than 15 seconds um it's just real quick and and you guys will see it on my page what i'm talking about they're little skits usually but even the ones that aren't skits they're always like under 15 seconds if i can make it short because just basically figure out everything that you want to say find a very short and concise way to say it and, and then post it. Would you agree? But with also, that? yes, zero, zero real estate dollars.
2: <laughs> zero. Yeah. We started at zero and it works. So don't, don't spend money on social media. It's all free. All of it's free. That's effective.
0: Now, Javier, I know you already mentioned this earlier, but you said that 35% of your business has come from your social media. So obviously that means you have some metrics in place where you're kind of keeping track of the people that are coming to you through that source. Talk a little bit about that, because I think that's something that's also overlooked because people want to look to their online marketing dollars to get a, hey, I want a specific ROI. And you can't really do that through a marketing with a zero advertising budget. So how do you keep track of that information to know where those people are coming from?
1: So, um, you know, I'm a manager here in Jersey City. So one of the things that I, I, it's, it's very important that people should understand is that you should be tracking and, and kind of figuring and analyzing your deals. Like how did this person find me is, is the question you should always be asking because at the end of the year, you're, you should always be analyzing like what was the thing that I did that gave me the most ROI? You might be farming for years and maybe you got a lot out of it or maybe you didn't get anything at all right so um if you got a lot out of it then, then you realize okay cool like because of this farming i got this i'm going to put more money into that or uh and and that's just self-analysis and in every aspect it's very important to do that so i do look and i'm like all right when and how did this person find me was it because of my social media was it because of my instagram And, and, and that's how I kind of track things. And I think it's super, super important for business.
0: Perfect. Molly, same question to you. Do you first off track where that's coming from? Do you have an idea of how much of your business comes from your social media presence?
2: Yeah, I don't have a percentage, but I would say probably like 75% or more started as a um, like them seeing me on social media. And that's because on Facebook, I add everybody I know. So if I'm at Orange Theory, I will find those people and I will add them onto my Facebook so that they see me. And, and that applies to everything. A lot of people that I work with, I, like I said, went to elementary school with, cause I'm still in Pittsburgh and we haven't talked in, you know, 30 years, but I'm a familiar face. So Facebook has been such a good way to reconnect with people that I like, I kind of know, like, yeah, you went to the same high school as me, but I didn't know you. Um, so, so really, I think the initial, like, kind of nurturing of that reaching out is because they are following me and like interviewing me on Facebook to see what I'm about, who I am, and if they want to work with me. So I really like just dive hard in social media. And I think that's where most of my business comes from, or people that um, past clients that share my name, and then those people go research me on Facebook, when I'm going to buy anything, I Google, you know, the heck out of it, because I need to know everything about that. So I think it's important to know that these potential clients are doing that to us and Facebook and Instagram or any social media is where you can find the most because it's not just a bio or an article, It's, it's your face, it's your voice, your video.
0: Yeah. So the most important thing I keep hearing from both you guys is focusing on the relationship and making sure that you're putting out your personality so people can connect with you and not specifically the houses that you're representing. And ultimately, that's the best way to build business. That's the way that I focus all of my efforts is making sure that I can continue to just take care of the people that want to work with me. Um, What would you say is was the hardest thing to overcome to start putting yourself out there publicly? As Harvey said, I'll let you talk to this one first, Harvey a lot of the people who just requested you on Instagram had private profiles. What, what would you say was the hardest thing for you to say? You know what? Screw it. I'm going all in. I want to be a public persona.
1: Being the, uh, you know, getting over that little inner demon that we all have that. Talks in our ears and says you can't do that or you look too ugly or you my nose is too big like whatever nobody gives a crap <laughs> so, so you need to get over yourself <laughs> and just do it um, that's really it is that that little little voice in the back of your head because the the biggest hater of you is the person that's sitting in the seat that you're in right now like you're your biggest hater and nobody else thinks about the things about you that that you do. Um, so you really need to get over those things that like, like, oh man, people are going to see me doing these videos that like all these little kids are doing, like, uh, they're going to make fun of me or they're going to think I'm such a loser or they think I'm going to be, I'm so thirsty for attention. I don't care. Um, now I don't care. Right. Before I cared a lot. And I was like, oh my God, like the people are going to like, yeah, some of my videos are cringy and some of the videos that you're going to put up are going to be cringy and terrible and awkward but it's totally okay. It's so okay because there are gonna be videos that are great. And like I said, you, when you're sending things out there, even when you're doing your blast emails, for example, like 95% of the people are just gonna be like Boop, spam. But that 5% might actually be interested in what you're doing. And those are the people that are gonna use you. So I don't care if I bother everyone, except as long as there's a few people that like what I'm doing that just, just so happened to turn out that I guess more than a few people like what I'm doing. So that's good.
0: <laughs> and and, and to Harvey's point, if you make that cringy video or that terrible video, one of two things can happen. The algorithm can protect you because nobody's <laughs> going to see it and engage with it. Or it can go viral and people are going to love how terrible or cringy it is and laugh at it. And maybe you just become an overnight sensation and you get your face out there to millions of people. So I'm with Harvey, you know, if if you're in a position where it's, oh man, I hate this or, oh, I don't think this looks good or man, I don't sound right in this post it anyways. So Molly, how about you? Same question. What what was the hardest thing for you to overcome uh, to start putting yourself out there as a public person?
2: For me, it was video and, and showing my personality. I would record like a 100 takes, hate them all, delete them and never post them. And then it finally got to the point like you either do it or you don't. And I, I just did it. Um, and it was fine. And I think overthinking, you know, are people going to like in captions? I'll share my personality of how I talk. And are people going to like this or not? And I think just don't overthink it just do it and see what happens. I had a draft, um, saved in my reels forever because I thought it was stupid. It was dumb. No one was going to like it. And I finally, I needed something to fill content. I had nothing to post and I threw it up and the engagement, like it was insane. And it was something that I was just going to delete and never post. So you never know what's going to do well or not. So just throw it out there. If it's really, really, really terrible and you hate it, delete it, I guess. But like, it's, that's, it's not going to get to that point, but just know, like you can delete stuff if, if you really don't like it, but post it, see what happens.
0: Sounds good. What would you say is the number one? No, no on social media or the stuff that you absolutely stay away from. And Molly, I'm going to yeah. let you go first on that one. Cause there was an instant reaction.
2: Yeah. This was when I quit Facebook and Instagram for a little bit. I think it's so important for me, the way I want my content to be, I want to be um, positive I want to be, it's, it's hard, but not super opinionated on things and just kind of sitting in the middle for social media because you that's just how I run mine. I don't think everyone has to do it the same way. But the one thing I think it, it is to be positive and not to be super, you know, one side or the other with an opinion that is something that could stir up Um, some controversy so I think it's very very important I was in a sorority in college and we were told you know you don't talk about boys booze or budget so that's money so like I kind of have just continued to apply that um, thought to how I how I do my social media perfect but yeah you'll see a lot of people posting just stuff and you want to jump in and say something but for for how I do mine I have to hold myself back from doing that.
0: Sounds good. Ravir, how about you? What, what are the actions? I, I think Molly was skating well. around saying, Molly was skating around
1: saying politics. <laughs> don't tell me, I don't care who you voted for as president. I wanna know, you know if you're selling your house, <laughs> that's it. I don't care um, you know, who you voted for and nobody else does. You know what's gonna do? It's gonna lose you clients. And, and you know what? Democrats have money, Republicans have money and money is money. Money doesn't have a political party. So that's, that's, uh, that's what you gotta care about. Look, we're trying to build our business and don't get sucked into the politics, the major current events that are going on. And like, it happens every day, right? I was gonna make reference to things and don't do that, right? So like, there are always gonna be terrible things happening in this world, but your social media should be that little bubble of happiness. A little about about your personality, a little about your family, a little bit about your real estate, but always in a positive attitude. And also one thing I want to mention about comedy, comedy is good, but don't make it self detrimental, right? So don't like make too much fun of yourself. You know, yes, you know, that could be fun sometimes and it could be funny like i pointed my nose and said it was big it is kind of big but um but but it's fine but don't also make fun of yourself to the point where you're kind of you know making the butt of the joke yourself so that's another important thing about comedy i think but yeah don't talk about politics and that includes any news stories right like major news stories
2: yeah with the comedy sorry um a lot of reels i think you have to be careful about because the comedy part is like, oh, this crazy buyer or seller, but like, guys, this, these are who we want to pick up. So it's also a fine line of keeping it relatable. Like, you know, there's 30 offers and we've lost another one, but not like, you know, something negative about the actual buyer or seller.
1: That reminds me of something that I think is really important. I think we need to stop mentioning that we're getting 30, 40 offers on a property. Um, I think somebody else at the convention said, it. I forgot his name, but don't um, don't mention, and I thought this was a, so smart. Don't mention that you've got thirty forty offers. Mention more how you were able to sift through those 30, 40 offers and find the real offers, right? Because yeah. all these sellers are going to look at this and be like, oh, wow. So why do I need you if I'm going to get yeah, 30, 40 we don't offers? Need
2: you. Yeah. exactly. The important
1: thing is you talk about how I go through these offers. I could, and it's about the terms. It's about calling the lenders and making sure that their pre-qualification letters are legitimate. It's about, um, you know, 5% versus 20%. Somebody might be waiving an appraisal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that if the appraisal comes out 100000 that they're still forced to go through the transaction. If they don't have $100,000, it doesn't matter. You know, so certain things like waiving appraisal inspections, when it comes to attorney review and when it comes to the actual legalities of it, it doesn't hold up. So that's what we should be talking about is that we yeah. know how to sift through the BS.
2: Yeah. yeah, that we have value, that they need us to do this. Like you don't just put a property in the multi-list and ban like 30 offers. What about the strategy of the listing rollout that you did to create the opportunity for those offers to come in? Or if you're on the buyer side, the strategy that you use to make your offer stand out. So yeah, at the, at the convention, somebody did say that. And it's so important because these sellers are going to think that they don't need us for that to happen, but they don't know how to get to closing. They don't know the terms. And Pennsylvania are just our sales agreements, 14 pages, and that doesn't include addendums or anything else. So, um, Same. Yeah, yeah, stop saying I'm actually,
0: that. <laughs> I'm up at a strategic planning meeting in Indianapolis right now for the state association, and we're specifically talking about the fact that so many people want to talk about what I did and how I did this, and I got them these offers, and I, 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 and I think that's the number one no, no in my book is. Don't make everything you do about you. Talk about how you represented your client. Talk about how you were able to help them get what they needed to make sure that they could move to the next place in an effective manner, or how you helped them sift through all of the turmoil and the paperwork and everything that goes into the multiple offers that they received. Or, like Molly saying with buyers, how I helped this client get their offer accepted. Maybe it was the money, but maybe it wasn't the money. And it was actually some of the terms of the contracts through some of the creative things that we can do or the relationships that we've built with the agents that we're working with over the years. And I think that's something that a lot of us fail to recognize is the true value that we're bringing to people. And we don't post enough about that. So don't be self-centered and self-serving on every post that you put out there all the time, because that's going to do nothing, but take people off and make them want to unfollow you. So I think that is an absolutely fantastic point you guys were making. So um, final thoughts, um, and then we'll go into a little bit of Q&A if anybody's got any questions. Molly, what is your number one kind of point to make when it comes to your social media presence online?
2: I think just, again, don't overthink it. Just do it. Keep it true to you. Have fun with it. It's not that serious. And if you're truly yourself, that's when you're going to connect with people. So I would just say don't overthink it. Just try to have fun with it. Once you get over that hump, it will become fun and lighter. Um, and just really just try. Just do you, be you. Sounds
1: good. Harvier. It's like the same thing, uh, but like it's like the same dating advice we've always been given is like be yourself. <laughs> like So it's the same thing. Just be yourself um, and, and, and just get over yourself and stop holding yourself back because the limitations that are put upon us are the ones that we put on ourselves. Um and, and that's kind of what everyone does, right? If you're stopping yourself from putting that post up, you're stopping yourself from getting more
0: business. Absolutely. And I will echo that myself. My number one thing that I did was just hit share. Doesn't matter what it looks like, sounds like, or anything else. And it doesn't matter if it's perfect or high quality production. People actually care more about the fact that you're willing to share yourself out there, no matter what it looks like or sounds like. And that is where I really kind of changed my whole perspective on the social media presence that I have out there. So, um, First off, I wanna say thanks again. You guys have been uh, awesome to have. Uh, I wish we could go back on the road and do this all the time because this is great to have this panel together. Um, I wanna open it up to anybody who has any specific questions or any kind of specific tips and tricks they wanna ask uh, either Javier or Molly about. Don't
2: be shy.
0: Come on, John Briscoe, I know you got a question. You, You look like you got something. I was just typing in thank you to both of them. So I was distracted. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about the growth of your, of your followers. I know, I know you said you used a lot of um, uh, hashtags to grow your, your sphere there. And and how much time did you spend just trying to remember, Hey, who did I go to high school with? Who, who did I play sports with and reach out to them that way? What was the, I guess, one of the reasons that your, your followers grew? Well,
1: mine, mine was specifically using the strategies uh, that I the, like the going to the search feature and kind of finding posts of people that live in my target market, um, and then liking their posts. And these are people that I had not been following, but actually another point that kind of popped into my head after when you were saying that is that you should be also following and finding your clients on social media too. Uh, make sure that you're following them. Cause you know, we always, it, it's very easy to forget to reach out to our past clients. And by being, um, by having them in your following, they're gonna just start seeing your posts and kind of be reminded of you more consistently. Uh, but yeah, go out there and first find everyone that you know, and then make sure you're connected on social media and then go and find different strategies of how you can find other people. Uh, somebody, uh, Nicole mentioned a good question of how to make your IG public. To do that, you just go, um, I'm gonna go to my page real quick. Uh, it's, so you go to your profile and then you go to the little, I call it the little burger, a little over there, the three lines. Uh, and then you go to settings. It's the first thing. And you go to account. And then switch. Uh, no, actually, just kidding. I'm lying. Uh, I've got to find it. Uh, privacy, maybe yeah. it's privacy. Would, yeah, privacy. Yeah, setting
2: privacy.
1: Guy. Yeah, all right. Settings, privacy. That's what it is. And then over there, there's a thing to go public. So I'll just type it in here. Next.
2: Yeah, for me, um, I'm a pretty good internet sleuth, but on Facebook, I would go to people I know, um, and then I would look at their friends and just add people whose names or faces. I... Um sorry, um, whose names and faces um, I recognize. And then also, so I went to a school called Fox Chapel. I would search groups, Fox Chapel class of, and then I would just start clicking, seeing who the members are there and then adding people. I, I'm careful to add people who at least I somewhat remember so that they hopefully recognize my name too, um, to accept me. And then on Instagram, I actually found Javier on Instagram way before our Vegas panel um, because he had hashtag, I think like Howard Hannah Real Estate and I saw the green and yellow and I have a Jersey city tie. So I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Started looking through his stuff. You're hilarious. And um, actually, I followed. Yeah.
1: Yes. actually, so I, I was think hashtags strategic. are
2: important with that. Hasht- and then, yeah, yeah for no, hashtags, sorry. sorry for me. And I know there's easier ways we talked on the panel about this. I have a, in my notes on my phone, cause that's where I post all my stuff. I have all the hashtags I like to use, whether what kind of post it is. And I just copy it and paste it every time so that you're not retyping the like solid ones you use on every single post.
1: Um, I actually went to the Howard Hanna hashtag and we liked everyone's post. <laughs> so that that's also how, uh, the same strategy I used for my location, I did that. I was like, the second that our company was Rad Realty became Howard Hanna, um that was the first thing that I did I, I like I just went through there I was just like liking everyone's posts because I wanted to connect with everyone and that's the same way I connect with people um yeah. but also uh, a point that Molly made is a uh, copying pasting your hashtags I would do that for half but I would definitely make sure that there's a few in there that are different for each post because otherwise they you know the other algorithm is going to see that everything is the same and then they might start like shadow banning you so you know yes there's always going to be that like Fifteen or so that is going to be the same because it's just the national, regional, and then local posts. But then you also have a small amount of posts that are uh, hashtags that are related to the posts that you put up. So make sure there's a little bit of variety in there. But yeah, basically that'll help you save a lot of time, though.
0: Yeah, and and to Javier's point earlier, friend everybody that you're working with and make sure that they are seeing you request that and everything. I think I'm at like 3,600 friends on Facebook, and I've gotten to a point where if I like. I, get friend requests. I have to have a minimum of 150 mutual friends or I won't accept them because you only get 5,000 yeah. friends. And once you get to a point yeah. where you run out of space, you got to make sure that you're paying attention to that as well. So that's uh, a good be,
2: point on Facebook. On the office. Yeah. yeah. Don't just accept everyone on Facebook. Make sure you have something in common or you know that you know that person because I have a ton of friend requests and unless I can see that I have somebody in common that's a real person that I know or that we are both realtors, something like that, you don't want to max out on Facebook.
1: I just realized a good point. Actually, is something that I'd like to touch upon. There's a lot of scammers uh, right now. And I know a lot of people that are getting locked out of their accounts so if anyone ever asks you to click a link for any reason on your Instagram or Facebook, do not do it. They're very convincing. Like right now, I have a fake account of me that I found yesterday and they're doing this to other people because it's literally my username and then an underscore after it. So, and they copied my profile information, my profile photos and my posts. So it's very convincing. So uh, just be careful because you'll probably get posts and be like, Hey, I got locked out of my account. You're one of my uh, trusted contacts. Do you think you can click this link for me? Or they're like, Hey, uh, I'm, you know, being, um, I've been nominated for this thing. You know, if you could vote for me, please click this link. What they're doing is they're making you click a link to reset your password. And then all of a sudden they get, you know, access of your account. And then once they have access of your account, they're going to be messaging all your friends and try and trick them. So be very careful. The scammers are getting very, very convincing.
0: They're very sophisticated too. So, Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I had one other question and then we can kind of uh, kill or finish on this one. Uh, Ken McWilliams sent me a text message. Do you have or have you ever gotten any crazy followers and how'd you handle it?
1: Yeah, I just block them. <laughs>
2: yeah, same. I'm like super paranoid about everything and you just block them.
1: Or you can <laughs> restrict them. You don't see them again. You can, restrict yeah. you can restrict them so like that if they start commenting like stupid stuff like as it happens like jersey city's become a place in like the last 10 years that's drastically changed prices of like 10x over here so like people sometimes see my um my my property videos and like holy hell that's five hundred thousand dollars like that's a scam blah 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 so i just restrict those accounts so that whenever they post only i'm the one that, that could see them and then they could still be posting and they just don't know that nobody's seeing it or you block them, yeah. you know
2: Same with Facebook, like I've posted a house of an actual person who is also following me and someone comments, gosh, that's the ugliest house I've ever seen. I'm like, no, this can't (laughs) be here. You can hide the comment. You don't have to delete it. You can hide it. So that person doesn't know that you, it's, they think it's still there. They see it, but you know that it's hidden. So I would do things like that.
1: Yeah. Like if you don't like, it could be sometimes like somebody's trying to be funny and like, and they're like somebody you actually know and you don't want to block them. So you could restrict them.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Ma- make sure you're paying attention to the comments you get is the most yes. important thing. And, and actually actively cultivating the relationship with the people who are posting. Because like Harvier said, it may be a friend who thinks they're making a joke, but it may be something that's inappropriate that you don't want everybody to see. So restricting their access or hiding those comments and things, definitely the way to go. So All right. Well, guys, once again, thank you so much, Harveer and Molly. Let's give them a uh, quick virtual round of applause for uh, spending some time with us this morning to give us some tips and tricks on uh, boosting your social media and uh, driving business through your engagement. So really appreciate you guys taking the time to join us this morning. Thank you so much for having
2: us. us.
0: Yes. You guys have a great day. See you.
2: Bye, everyone.